0: Reverse Interview Podcast, Episode 6. Now is the perfect time to find your dream job, but it requires a fresh look and a unique twist. That's why Charles Woolsey is here to extract proven solutions from today's experts and make your dream job a reality. Welcome to the Reverse Interview Podcast. Get in, get hired, get promoted. Here's your host, who'd much rather listen than talk, Charles Woolsey. And I really like listening to Anne DiDomenico. She's been a friend, mentor, and role model for me for several years now. Virtually every area of my life has been touched by following Anne's philosophies that she has learned from other masters. While I'm far from perfect, I'm much happier now. I have techniques for letting my fears take a backseat in my journey through life. They're always there, but they don't grab the steering wheel nearly as often as they used to. I've been married now for over 20 years, and while I know my wife has always loved me, I can tell she actually likes me again. Same with my children. In this interview, Anne will share some of her experiences in working with people who have lost their jobs and the shift that she saw in them that allowed them to accept themselves and their talents. That shift helped them to not only find a new job, but a realization of how much worth they have. You are not your job. You are much more than that. Here's Anne DiDomenico. Okay Ann, so tell me, what was your first job?
1: All right, my first job actually was working in a family business. My parents had a shoe store, and so I'd say I was probably about 11 when I first started going into the store after school. I'd walk there. My dad would give me some, you know, simple chores around the store to keep it clean and neat, and I got to observe how he dealt with customers and all. I actually did that through high school, spent every summer working in the store helping my dad I, I learned how a business runs from my father's perspective, and he was a very hands on kind of person. He devoted so much time to that business and it really thrived i I feel very fortunate he was so entrepreneurial it was a great training ground for me and i uh, his cardinal w- rule was you never sit down. <laughs> I looked forward to going home at <laughs> the end of the day.
0: So you started from a very early age learning responsibility, learning how to deal with customers and people as well as how how the business works. Yes. That that sounds like some great experience from a very early age for for life lessons later.
1: Well, I think so. I think I really appreciated the amount of work that went into having a successful business. He purchased the business from someone else. It was already up and running, but actually my dad had come into the shoe business from another business that he had started before that, before I was even born actually, that was an appliance store. He started that from scratch with a sixth grade education, a training himself in electronics He taught himself amazingly well. He just, he had the skills. He had innate ability. He had that business and grew it to the largest business in South Jersey. Won many awards uh, from RCA and Trips, my parents. And us as a family actually took. And then he left that business and moved into the shoe business. Totally a different thing. But that was my father. I love actually how he did it. It drove my mother crazy. but <laughs> I loved it because he was a person who took risks, really applied himself and, and did well at whatever he did.
0: And one of the main things I took out of that was a sixth grade education. So that a higher education isn't necessary to really being successful.
1: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, I love education. I am definitely an academic. I've gone on for a higher education myself. But do I think you need it to be successful? No, not at all. Because success is definitely an inner thing it's a it's a it's a it's a feeling it's a fire it's a passion it's a, a a love of something uh it's motivation that comes from you know some people call it hunger you know hunger for something yeah that's really it
0: yeah and i didn't want to sound like i was anti-education either because i think however you get knowledge whether it's formally or informally it's always a good thing
1: yeah i'm on both sides of the fence with that <laughs>
0: And I'd like to talk to you about uh, one of your career moves where you were helping with people who had been, uh, when there was a reduction in force or downsizing of companies, if you wouldn't mind going there for a minute.
1: Yes, probably in, let's see, in 2000, 2001, I joined a company, who an outplacement company is what they're called. Uh, this company worked with small businesses as well as huge corporations like IBM, uh, for example, whenever they did a downsizing, I initially was a consultant with the company who went in and spoke to people right after they had lost their jobs. That's the absolute toughest time because they're in shock. You know, talking to them at that point and and trying to give them a a glimmer of hope uh, at the darkest moment in their life or one of the darkest moments in their life. And then uh, being able to uh, do workshops with them, which I did helping them to find their way through resumes and interviewing and networking and how to really move out of that space of what am I going to do next? I have no idea to, wow, there is light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Can you touch on what some of those steps are when you talk about being in a really dark place and not knowing what you're going to do? How do you, how do you move from there to seeing optimism and, and future again?
1: Yeah, that's actually my favorite piece because it, it seems like the toughest. Uh, well, when I did a workshop with people, it was uh, very often a three-day workshop. Uh, the first morning, the first three to four hours was spent on exactly what you're talking about. We would do assessments during that time of what their natural talents were, what their qualities were that they were aware of. And, of course, we had lists of things to help them come up with these and also what their developed skills were. They were in a pretty dismal place while they were doing that. And I felt that my job during that time was to help them to see that they were not the job. They were something far beyond the job. And that while they saw the job as a means to their survival, I was there to help them see that they were the reason that they would survive. It wasn't the job. It was their commitment to themselves. And their ability to see themselves as much more than they were seeing themselves at that moment. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense because I've been there with changing jobs, changing careers, and it's very difficult. You don't really realize how much you identify yourself, your being, with what you do until you lose that
1: yes that's exactly it is identification with something you know when I met with people there were people who had done their jobs for 20 years 30 years I met with someone who had been in the job 35 years who uh, they were at a total loss they saw themselves as their job and felt that they did not have the capacity to move into something new how were they going to learn something new that was their greatest fear that they could not do it. My job was to help them see that they absolutely were equipped to do it. It was the mindset that they had that was blocking them from doing it.
0: You would go through some specific exercises to help them remember and identify the things that they are naturally good at or that they have been doing or transferable skills and those kinds of things?
1: They developed lists of things. They needed to see it right in front of them. It had to be solid, concrete, in writing before them. And so uh, they created the list. We talked about the list. We talked about the job that they, were, that they had just left. We talked about any other jobs that they may have had. If they had no other jobs, we talked about who they were beyond a job. It was so amazing to me in the beginning to see that they couldn't even think about that, that, that they only saw the job and they couldn't see past it. Part of the work was beginning to help them see that they had a life beyond the job and that the opportunity, really, that they had, and my job was to help them see opportunity all around them, uh, to help them see the opportunity that they were now given to really expand, move into the new, and to find some new opportunities for themselves.
0: So did you continue to work with people after they were in the, the process of getting another job, or did you just deliver some training and kind of wish them well and, and push them off at that point?
1: You know, it depended on the program. Very often, I only had the opportunity to work with them in the workshops. Occasionally, uh, the, the companies would purchase packages where people would have some follow-up work, and then I'd get to see them, and when I could meet with them, and while I wanted them to leave that workshop with a plan in place and they had steps to do, so it was very concrete. We wanted to make it as concrete as possible for them. So they had step one, step two, step three. This is what you're going to do the first week. Uh, you set up a schedule for yourself. You want to spend X number of hours focused on doing internet research, collecting information on companies, doing any research that you need on what you might like to do if you, uh, if they were thinking about uh, changing their jobs, do exploration of that, and absolutely working on networking because that was the key to getting jobs.
0: I was wondering if there's any predictable factors of skills or mindsets or anything that made some people more likely to, to find something more quickly than others.
1: Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. When I saw somebody shift out of what am I going to do, I have nowhere to go, out of that mindset into, all right, I, I think there's possibilities here. Wow, I'm starting to feel like there's hope that I, I am going to find something. When I saw that shift, I knew they would. There was no doubt in my mind. Because what happened was they began to ramp up their networking, whatever they could do in terms of networking and contacting people, talking to people, they ramped up their internet research. Their, their list of companies to contact began to grow because their attitude had shifted from I can't to I can. So, yeah, that's incredibly
0: important. And that's what bothers me so much right now about the statistics that you hear when people are unemployed, the ones that stop trying. That's what really breaks my heart is the people who have given up hope because they don't know what they can do and they just they just stop trying at all.
1: I think there's a perception in the world that unless you have, you know, unless you have a certain maybe educational background, unless you've risen to the top of the heap in something, unless you've done certain things, you're not going to get that job. And. I I will tell you from my personal experience that I got that consultant job at a time in my life when the people around me said, no way are you going to be able to completely switch your career focus and get a job. This is just not the time in your life to do that. What are you thinking? (laughs) With that around me, I thought to myself, I'm never going to get a job that way. So what I did was I told myself. I am going to find the perfect job. I know it's there. And I'm focused on getting the background and the skills that I need to find that perfect job for myself. I have a little book called Consciously Creating Circumstances by George Winslow Plummer. That little book, it was basically about the law of attraction. And it was really an introduction for me into the law of attraction. He describes how to bring a a new job, a new life, a new relationship into your experience. I practiced that and I consciously created a wonderful picture in my mind. And the picture in my mind was of qualities that I wanted in my job. What did I want to experience? I wanted to experience a wonderful workplace, a happy environment, harmonious. I wanted to work with people of like mind who appreciated me and who allowed me to appreciate them. I wanted to be respected. Uh, I wanted to be acknowledged. You know, I wanted a, a beautiful place to work in. I wanted a great salary. And there are a lot of things that I put into that picture and they all came true. <laughs> so all I can say is it happened. I give all credit to that mindset that I had.
0: I've seen so many times that if if a person goes looking for a $20,000 a year job, they're probably going to find a $20,000 a year job. They're not going to find a $50,000 a year job. But you're taking it in a much different direction. You can actually envision and plan and believe in the kind of job you want more than just the salary.
1: Absolutely. I mean, salary was part of it. It certainly wasn't all of it. It was part of it. It was uh, more than anything I wanted a, an environment that I could thrive in. When I got that consultant job, I was totally elated, brought transferable skills to the job from the academic arena because I had not worked in the corporate sector before. And within six months, I had moved into a project manager role for the Northeast region, which I had never, ever dreamed of doing. And I'll tell you that my goal for salary was to match my husband's. <laughs> 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 and... I did it.
0: (laughs) That's very good. I don't know if this is the same story, but I was also going to ask you if you've ever had a challenge in your career and you had a a big hurdle you had to overcome and and how you did that.
1: Well, that's certainly a more recent one where I had to, well, I I think the the one that preceded that was being a stay-at-home mom. And going back into the workforce, and that's uh, that's a tough road because after being home, I had taught, I was a teacher, and then stayed home uh, to raise our son. When it was time for me to, I was thinking, I really need to get out there again. I was afraid. I was, I was really afraid to get out there. I thought, Oh my god, I, how will I do this? I don't even know where to begin. Just like people who've lost their jobs and, you know, don't know how are they, what are they going to do.
0: So were you planning to change careers at that time and not go back into teaching?
1: Oh, I had left teaching. I definitely left teaching. Did not want to go back into the traditional classroom again. Uh, I I needed something different uh, because I had been home and I actually was pursuing an entrepreneurial business while I was home. I did a wearable art business. So it wasn't like I was totally not doing anything. I actually wanted to go out into the workforce, per se. Again, I did it through networking. And really, when I've thought about this, every job I've gotten, I have gotten through networking, through knowing someone or talking to someone who said they knew someone. And one thing led to another. And I would have an opportunity for an interview to connect with someone and. Uh, find greater possibilities for myself. So yeah, moving out of the house and into a work environment again was uh, a huge Piece for me, but it was through a, a customer that I had through my wearable art business who talked to me about something she was doing at the local community college that registered. And I thought, you know, I think I could do that. She was actually uh, working with students with learning disabilities. And when she described what she did, it just seemed to fit my abilities to a T. So I went in and was fortunately uh, taken in for an interview and was hired on the
0: spot. You were just doing what you do with your wearable arts, meeting people, and then leveraging that naturally without anything really being forced or or, or doing the dreaded networking scene.
1: That's true. I've never done a, a networking group. I have friends who are part of networking groups. They go to monthly meetings. They find it very helpful for them. For me, I've always found that the circle that I've connected with, uh, I do have, I do belong to the LinkedIn uh, on the internet, uh, LinkedIn connection, and um, through that I have met, not that I have met people on LinkedIn, but Through LinkedIn, I have met people and made connections that have actually broadened my circles of connection, which I would certainly use if I felt that I needed that.
0: Do you have an overall life philosophy or guiding principle that helps you during times that are difficult?
1: The thing that I've lived with all of my life is to know myself to really know myself, to be very aware of what's going on inside of myself. When I had my first teaching position, after being in that position for about 10 years, honestly, I I had to leave. I just had to leave. Now, it took me 10 years to leave. I was listening to Ryan uh, speak in another interview, Ryan Roy, and he said three months for him. But for me, I think I really enjoyed my job early on. But uh, in the later years, what happened was I saw more and more children in such desperate need of love and attention and personal caring. I could not give that to them in a classroom setting. I was totally frustrated. So I had to leave that job. I think that, that that really taught me to pay attention to how I'm feeling in what I'm doing and that if I'm not loving what I'm doing, I will not put out my best. There's just nothing I can do to put out my best. I am, I'd am i be like a salmon swimming upstream. So it's very important for me to love what I'm doing to be in the flow of uh, the energy that I feel inside of me and when things aren't feeling right to step back and take a look at what's going on. So I would say that's a basic philosophy for me.
0: Do you have any books, personal development type books that you like that you could recommend?
1: My books would fall into uh, a different category maybe than the marketing strategy type books. There are two books. One, a book I read a long time ago is by Louise Hay called You Can Heal Your Life. And in that book, she gave many, many stories, personal stories, her own and of clients that had great difficulty in in their life, whether it be health, relationships, job, income, generating money. All of those stories were very uplifting and encouraging to me to find my way, to find myself. So that was a wonderful book. Another was Byron Katie, Loving What Is. And that was a very difficult book for me to read Uh, when I first, when it was first recommended and I had it in my hands. I think I read maybe the first 20 pages, shut the book and said, I cannot read this book. I knew I had to (laughs) because of my resistance. But um, probably a few months later, it probably took me three to four months later to actually pick it up and read it. But those books and books like that have helped me to develop a way of being in my life where I could weather the storms of having money, not having money, having a job, not having a job. And I could just be with those situations with a different attitude, an attitude that could take it in and be positive no matter what was going on.
0: So these books helped you, even though, especially the second one, you really didn't want to read it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've had a few books like that, but that Loving What Is book was really a tough one because it hit me right between the eyes. I was not loving what is. I was hating what is. And if I'm hating not having a job, not having money, hating where I am, what I came to realize was I was becoming my own worst enemy. What I needed to do was embrace where I was. Okay, you don't have a job right now. You don't have money right now. Can you be okay with that? And of course, my initial answer was no. But I realized that if I could be more in tune with it, see it from a perspective of, hey, you know what? You're in this place. Can you see this as an opportunity? What can you do to help yourself now? When I started turning my thinking around, I was basically learning how to embrace the moment, love where I am, and from that perspective, move forward. And it was a much more positive perspective. A tremendous help in pulling to me what I wanted.
0: I like that. So many people get into a rough situation, whatever it is, short term, long term. I think that if they just put their head down and power through it, that that's the way to attack it rather than accept it, which really helps with your attitude. If you're powering through something, it's really hard to have an open, happy attitude and perspective that potential employers really would want to see rather than putting your head down and plowing through it.
1: Well, I I think it's a training, Charles. We're trained to uh, be tough. You know, when, when things get tough, the tough get going. There's a mindset that we have that we just have to be tough and hard and make sacrifices and we can plow through it. And yes, you can. You can plow through it. And that's a salmon swimming upstream. It's not that you can't get there, but there's a lot easier way to do it. And that's by saying, okay, this is where I am. I accept it. I'm not going to fight it. I accept it. And while I'm accepting it, I'm asking myself, and what can I do to move myself forward? So much easier.
0: It certainly sounds easier. One more question. This is the big one, because a lot of people are here right now and, and thinking from this perspective. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow? And you had no job. You had no connections. And I'm going to take one more thing away from you. you. You didn't currently have this wonderful attitude that you have right now, that you were dejected and mad and scared. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow and you needed a job?
1: Well, when you put my attitude in the negative, I have to think about it a little more. Uh, not that I haven't been there. I have. So what did I do? Well, when I was moving to my first job in the world, After being at home for a while and really having very little confidence in myself, feeling bad about myself and really wondering if I could make it out there. Honestly, there was something in me that sat me down and gave me a talk and said, nobody's going to do this for you. It's up to you. What do you want? And what I wanted was more. I just wanted more. I wanted to be more. I wanted to experience more. I wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted just more in my life in all ways. I, I think that my growing up experiences with my family and watching my parents have taught me that it's up to you. It was up to me to do it. Nobody was going to do it for me. So I, I guess if I woke up tomorrow and everything was gone, I would just look at myself and i say, you know what? I have myself and, and that's all I need. And I'm going to start with that. And I certainly would look for my own inner guidance, because that's one thing I've always had with me and have asked for assistance from a higher power. What should I do now? What can I do? What's my next step? I've always been given a, an answer in some way or other, whether it was somebody showing up and having a conversation with them, and all of a sudden a light bulb goes on for me, or reading something and a in a newspaper or a book that, again, the light bulb goes on and I get this idea. I think that we all, every one of us, carries within us everything that we need. I guess the question is, are we willing to accept that possibility and and look within ourselves for that to get us moving?
0: And it sounds like, once again, it all boils down to attitude and finding yourself getting centered and figuring out what it is you want and going from there. Yes, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your wonderful attitude on life and how you approach things. And thank you for talking with me.
1: Oh, Charles, it's been a pleasure. I, I look forward to doing this. Thank you so much.
0: This episode of Reverse Interview is over. Please visit reverseinterview.com right now for more information about this episode and to get all of the insider scoop to land your dream job. That's reverseinterview.com. We'll see you next time on the Reverse Interview Podcast.